أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله تبارك وتعالى وسلم على سيدنا محمد سيدنا وسندنا وحبيبنا وشفيعنا ومولانا صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه وأزواجه وذرياته وأهل بيته ومن تبعهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين وبعد Before we uh, start today's reading, Inna Lillahi wa Inna Lillahi Raji'oon. I don't know if you guys know Imam Alauddin Bakri. He's on the West Coast. He does like he speaks at different events. Sometimes he does fundraisers and things like that. He sent a, a, a text today saying that. Uh, all of the Bakri family today uh, was killed that lives in Gaza. The last, every last one of them today, the last one of them was uh, killed uh, by air raids and he sent some pictures and it's mostly children. It's mostly children and inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi raji'oon. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept our shahadat. Like all those of, you know, it does just as tragic whoever it is, right? Um, but you know it kind of hits close to home when it's somebody you know you've met and things like that I spoke with him on a panel at MSA West in Stanford so I think it was like in May May of this year so it wasn't all that long ago and uh, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, you know have, have mercy on them uh, and uh, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala not leave their blood unavenged in this world or in the hereafter and talk of vengeance is not uh, usually the uh, you know it's not usually the uh, the talk of majalis like this but you know it becomes an issue at some point or another when uh, human life becomes so devalued and so abased and uh, it becomes so nothing at that point uh, to treat it as something of value is you know, it's necessary to restore sanity and balance to people's minds. And, you know, we're reading in the news and the mainstream media and hearing from our politicians day, day in and day out, you know, the sob story about somebody's dog got, like, you know, startled or whatever uh, by Hamas or by some Palestinians or something like that. And it's just one, one thing after the other after the other. And, uh, you know, I don't know how many times we can say it that killing innocent people is wrong, whether a, a Muslim does it or whether a Israeli does it or whether whoever does it does it. But uh, at the end of the day, um, that's all, you know, when you look at it in a total context, that's not what it was about it from the other side uh, in the first place. Rather, we see people who are openly warmongering and people who are openly... Uh, disrespecting just the human life uh, of the people of Gaza and they're making a mockery out of it and uh, whoever uh, stands up and opposes that mockery that person is blessed and the beloved of God and whoever speaks out against that mockery uh, is the beloved of God and whoever hates that mockery is the beloved of God and whoever accepts it as just part of life uh, you know, we fear for such a person of bad end in this world and in the hereafter. When we say bad end, they may live a full life until, uh, you know, until they die of old age, surrounded by things 
um, but uh, it's still a bad end. And on the Day of Judgment, uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, uh, He doesn't forget anything. And He has the right to take people to account, and whoever He takes to account, it's not going to be a good day for them. Babu Tahrim al Kadhib. قال الله تعالى لا تقف ما ليس لك به علم إن السمع والبصر والفؤاد كل أولئك كان عنه مسؤولا وقال تعالى ما يلفظ من قول إلا لديه رقيب عتيد This is the chapter regarding the prohibition of lying and these two ayahs were uh, previously re- you know, repeated because we're talking about prohibitions of the tongue that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says don't follow that thing you don't have knowledge of because indeed the hearing and the visions and uh, the heart, all of them will be responsible, they'll be asked on the day of judgment you'll have to be your bare responsibility for, for, for them and Allah Most High said in his book that a human being doesn't cast out uh, any utterance except for there is uh, right with him an angel who watches vigilantly over him and writes everything down. Uh, and so the munasaba of ma laysa ilmun is important when it comes to kadhib. Allah Ta'ala says, don't follow the thing that you have no knowledge of. When talking about the uh, prohibition of lying. Uh, that lying is what is to tell someone, inform somebody about something, some information which is not conformant to what that thing's reality is. And so this includes something that I think a lot of us don't think about because oftentimes we think about it lying as saying something intentionally that you know to be incorrect. But this definition has a particular subtlety that's different, which is what? It's saying something, saying something about, about something that is n- not conformant to its reality. So in that sense, lying here includes what? It includes saying something that's wrong, whether you knew it or not. And so this is one of the differences between the way we think about lying and the way that the, the uh, uh, aslaf, radiallahu ta'ala, on whom considered lying, that they considered saying something that you're not 100% true, for sure about. Uh, to also be included within the list of what's a lie. If that subtlety wasn't there, the science of hadith would not have been able to f- be what it is. And to be honest with you, if people didn't have that that sensibility of, about them, then you know human civilization would not be productively possible. When we say productively possible, what do we mean? It's difficult for me to say, right? You have the the history in front of you. you have a, a whole part of this country, which is in pain right now because the economy sucks. Why couldn't it be like in the 1950s where people had, you know, wage labor jobs and, you know, they could afford buying houses and they could afford buying cars and they could afford this and it could... It's because black people weren't allowed to drink from the same water fountain. It's because all the stuff that they lived on was built by slave labor. Why is England no longer what it was? Because you didn't smash and grab the, like all the civilizations of the world and like loot with both hands, right? 
why is Spain and Portugal not the way it used to be? It's because you didn't like take the like largest kidnap somebody and take the largest ransom in the history of the world and still kill the dude afterward. Atahualpa, the king of the uh, of the Incas, they took the largest uh, ransom ever in the history of mankind. It was paid in silver, and they still killed him afterward. That's why it's not a proper society. It's not a true society. This is an issue. Everybody's going to be pissed off about the economy not being correct. Why? It's because there's like more people who share the wealth now. And so like a few people don't have it concentrated in their hands as much anymore. It's a problem. It's a problem all over the world. It's a problem all over the world. That's a system. It's not going to last. It doesn't survive. It's all fake. If you want to actually get along and live properly in this world, you have to do it a different way. Uh, and so uh, that that different way, it's not possible. It's not possible when people uh, are not honest with one another in what they do and what they say to a degree that's perhaps higher than what it is right now. Uh, I saw, you know, there's uh, some, uh, ironically in Indian, mashallah, some commentator, I, I don't want to name, name his name, but he's a relatively influential person on social media, uh, some commentator about like lamenting how America has like broken down into pieces and they're like we used to have philosophy in America now it seems like every intellectual critique just comes down to like people you know uh, calling so racist and I'm like did you ever think I agree it's actually a problem it is a problem intellectually this age is not the most robust that uh, quote unquote western civilization has put forth right but there's also another issue is that people have been like really racist right so you can't just discount that from the calculus either. So uh, it's not all one way or uh, not all the other. But the point is, is this is that like, you know, if you're not ready to be honest with yourselves about things, if you're not ready to be honest, you're never going to move forward. You're never going to move forward as a Muslim. You're never going to move forward as an American. You're never going to move forward as whatever it is that you are. That sting and that pain of being able to look at yourself and see something that's wrong as wrong, that's very necessary and mashallah it's very necessary also as a Muslim and if you don't have that you know you end up being munafiq you end up being like a hypocrite and it's not good but if you can learn to understand that that sting that pain you know to be able to you know come to terms with it is a necessary medicine in order to grow as a person in order to be better because nobody's going to be perfect off the bat there's some people who you know they act like oh look you know i'm a muslim i must be perfect i'm arab i must be perfect i'm pakistani i must be perfect or whatever some stupid like they have these attitudes that they have about them and uh, i can do no wrong because of uh, because of any of these things and they actually use those things as a shield to avoid that feeling in order to not be introspective and to not see what their weaknesses are and to not shore them up and not to make amends for like things that they're doing that are harmful to others and they're harmful to them the outward reality uh, of every, everything that is harmful to another, the inward reality of it is what? Is that it's harming you. It's harming you in this world and in the hereafter, both sides, harming you both in both sides. Uh, and it's making you ugly inside out. You don't believe me, go see the people who harm others in this world and see, like, are they, like, nice people who are, like, uh, you know, somebody that, uh, you know, you might find them physically attractive or you might find some particular, like, stupid pet trick that they can do, uh, um, you know, or some imaginary zeros that they have in an account somewhere to be, Impressive, but as a human being overall, they're not really they're not really nice people, uh, uh, and uh, uh, whatever seems nice about them is all dajjal. It's like uh, a skin disease on a camel that somebody 
shaved fur off of another one and put tar on that diseased patch and then put the fur on top of it so that from afar it looks like the camel is healthy but when you come closer you see it's just infested with mange uh, and it has problems and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect all of us it's very interesting mashallah you know people are like well I'm not going to come to a dars of hadith or riyadh salihin I already know that which you don't um, and they're going to say oh it's not relevant we have all these other problems it's like the Bible was written literally for this week every time every single time it's like it was written for this week and Abdullah ibn Abbas radiallahu ta'ala anhu Abdullah ibn Mas'ud radiallahu ta'ala anhu qala qala rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam inna as-sidqa yahdi ila al-birra wa inna al-birra yahdi ila al-jannati wa inna ar-rajula la yasduqu hatta yuktaba 'inda Allah siddiqan wa inna al-kadhiba yahdi ila al-fujuri wa inna al-fujura yahdi ila an-nari wa inna ar-rajula la yakdhibu hatta yuktaba 'inda Allah kadhaban muttafaqun alayh Sayyidina Abdullah bin Mas'ud radiyallahu ta'ala anhu he said that the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said indeed sidq sidq is not just honesty but being true being true to yourself whatever you have inside being true uh, indeed sidq uh, will guide a person toward bir Bid is oftentimes uh, uh, defined as piety. Uh, uh, the, you know, the Sharih uh, Ibn Allan, uh, he mentions uh, with regards to bir. He says, "A ta'a obedience, wa asluhu tawassu fi kulli fi fi'l al khairi," and its foundational meaning is to be generous in every good behavior. And it is uh, that that uh, that uh, attribute within which all good things are 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 gathered uh, are put together. But what's the first what's the first definition he mentioned is what obedience. Bir and piety, both of them, they mean something very similar. I feel like the word piety, even in English, people kind of miss what the actual meaning of it is which is what fulfilling people's rights that's the foundation it's more than that but it's fulfilling people's rights right filial piety is being fulfilling the rights of your parents piety is what bitter is what it's fulfilling other people's rights right al-hajjul mabruru laysa lahu jaza illal jannah the, the the hajj that's the the the, the recompense is fulfilled it's like paid back in full that the person did hajj and then allah ta'ala gives the reward of it back in full there's no uh there's no recompense for it except for what except for jannah right so there there's this idea that the 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 person who is honest that person will fulfill will fulfill other people's rights and, and do good by other people as they should be as as good should be done by them and uh that attribute of bir of piety it will pull a person to Jannah and a person will keep being true. It's, again, it's not just saying the truth because there are lawyers who know how to make sure that nothing they say is a lie but Sidq is not their Sidq is not their uh, uh, their condition. Right? One of the one of the one of the most beautiful attributes a person can have is what Sidq. <laughs> the highest rank of wilaya 
the highest rank of wilayah is what? Is that a person should be siddiq. And the archetype for that is who? Sayyidina Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala anhu. It's the muraqaba of Mujaddad al-Thani rahimahullah ta'ala that the intiha, the end of being uh, of, the, of the maqam al-siddiqiyah, of siddiq is what? It's, it stops right where nubuwa begins. That such a person who reaches this maqam, that person, the only difference between them and the Nabi is what? Is that the Nabi received the wahi and then their wilaya kept going, whereas that person stopped. If the if the it doesn't mean that they're it doesn't mean that they're at the rank of a nabi, but what does it mean? It means that if the wahi was to be given to them, they would have been able to discharge it. And this is the mafhum of a number of ahadith of the Prophet ﷺ. Why would he say Nabi and Ba'di Lakana Umaru? Meaning what? And this is also indication that Sayyidina Umar Farooq radiallahu ta'ala anhu also reached the maqam of Siddiqiyah, but after Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala anhu. He reached it later and he didn't go he didn't go as far with it as Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala anhu did. But our mashaykh they told us it's like what? It's like like a judge. Maybe in a city there are several lawyers who are competent enough and learned enough in the law in order to be a judge. But you're not a judge until you actually receive the mansab. And then in it there's like a whole other world opens up that a person who's not, you know, on the bench is not going to be privy to or not going to understand. But the idea is this, is that what it's, as a maqam, it's a big deal. It's a very big deal. So you were talking about, you know, last week about weird, like bizarre, like imperial court culture and people, you know, they think that they're talak, you know, they think that they're clever. And what their cleverness is, what? It's all deception. <laughs> they think deception is clever. And what did, what did, what did Shah Abdul Qadir say? He said that, he said that, like, let's go, let's go first to the grave. With a, a with an iman that's like unbroken, and then afterward, then we can give each other shabash and we can compliment each other that look how how strong I was and look how fit I was and look how how chalak how how clever I was. That's what the actual cleverness is. Otherwise, the uh, uh, person who thinks that lying, cheating, deception, not being real, not being not being true, is uh, cleverness. That person is mahroom from every good. And uh, this is who, who our forefathers were. And this is what uh, 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 our civilization was built on. And as soon as people started seeing uh, intelligence as being something other than this, you see all of it descends into chaos. And the Rasul he said it very clearly, right? What will happen if Sidr, if being real and being true to others is what pushes a person to fulfill everybody's right? Then a decrease in bitter is going to do what? A decrease in silk is going to do what? Is going to then complementarily decrease a person's uh, ability to fulfill the rights of others. A society will necessarily break down. And this is very interesting. Muslims are not the only people by a long shot that, that honor uh, uh, being true and honor uh, telling truth. Uh, it was a cardinal virtue amongst the Persians actually in, before Islam even in Jahiliyyah, that uh, in even Zoroastrian, uh, even in Zoroastrian uh, uh, culture, being a liar was considered the worst of things. You may as well just die at that point. Yeah, yeah. It's part of a, part, a, part of a person's manliness and it's the cardinal virtue of, of manliness. It's not something that's, it's not something that's, uh, um, it's not something that's, that's unique to Muslims. And on, on the flip side, right, what do we call, you know, we have a word for somebody who is just lying about deen, who call him, in, in Arabic, we call him zindiq. 
right? Who's a zindikh? A zindikh is a person who will reshape the deen for everything that's convenient for them. So, if you look in the books of fiqh, obviously none of us is the sultan, so this is all a theoretical uh, discussion. But in the books of fiqh, apostasy is a capital offense. According to the Hanafis by Had, according to the Malikis by the Ijtihad of the Qadi or of the Sultan, but if a person within the sovereign Muslim polity uh, 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 renegades and leaves Islam uh, within the Muslim lands, uh, that person that person is then subject to what? They're subject to uh, uh, capital punishment. Uh, a normal apostate, however, is given. Uh, uh, is given by recommendation, by istihbab, uh, three days to repent. Think about this. Is this really what you believe? Is this really what you believe? Is this really what you want to do? Or is there some dunyawi uh, incentive here? And most people are like that. Very few people actually care for the truth that much that they, they would be willing to sacrifice for it. Most people, their con- connection with what they, what, what they consider a deen of theirs it has to do with like, you know, which uh, owner is going to give them the dog food, you know, the Purina chow today. And uh, that's why they live and they act like dogs. Whereas a person who truly believes in something, right, that person, according to their own conception, if they're willing to be a martyr for it, then, well, maybe they really do believe in it, you know. Uh, but most people are not like that. And so the the istitaba of the, uh, of the murtadis is recommended that you give them some time to think about it. Whereas the zindiq, there's no istitaba at all. The person is killed. Why? Because even if they say, well, I, I, uh, uh, I repent and uh, 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 whatever, what is it? It just gives them another day to lie and cheat again. Right? So who's the zindiq? Is the person who, like, every day they believe something different. They don't have any, like, actual beliefs. They believe something different every day based on what's convenient for them. Doesn't, it's not an actual belief, right? I, I can think there are people in this world, how as far-fetched as it is for a Muslim to even conceive of this, that maybe there is someone in this world that believes in multiple gods, three gods, or whatever. There is somebody in this world that believes somehow or another, you know, uh, whatever, like when you die, uh, uh, you know, you get reincarnated and all this other stuff. Um, it could be a sincerely held and incorrect belief. But uh, the zindiq is somebody who just makes a mockery out of this entire thing. They don't believe in anything. In fact, they can't believe in anything. In fact, they don't, they're opposed to believing in anything. They reduced what the, the aql Allah Ta'ala gave them and the heart that Allah Ta'ala gave them and the speech that Allah Ta'ala gave them and the superiority over all the other creation Allah Ta'ala gave them into, into a joke. They've destroyed some part of their humanity. What I wanted to mention is that the word zindith is almost certainly of Persian origin. It's almost certainly of Persian origin, and uh, the the harsh attitude toward it probably comes also from the best of that civilization. And you see that that Persianate civilization, pre-Islamic civilization, there's a lot of khair in it, actually. The best of those people accepted Islam, and they did great khidmah of of the deen. Starting from Sayyidina Salman al-Farsi, who starting from people like Imam Hanifa, through Imam Ghazali, and through the later ages as well. But then there are some also weird, a lot of really weird stuff that comes out of, like, you know, weird... Mountain cult nonsense that's also seems to be uh, have made a comeback somewhere along the way in Muslim history as well, and uh, that's also very problematic. And what's the foundational? What's the foundational like uh, thing of all, of, of all of those groups that they have in common? Is they consider it to be 
uh, act of piety to lie to everybody for like any convenience whatsoever, whether it's religious or, or worldly. Uh, and the thing is, you can't deal with such people. You really cannot deal with such people. When they consider it an act of piety to lie, you really can't deal with such people. The Muhaddithun mentioned that, right? Bukhari will narrate from somebody who has a incorrect belief. So somebody who believes, for example, that Sayyidina Ali radiallahu anhu should have been Khalifa, not Abu Bakr. That person, that doesn't disqualify them for, for, from, from, from narrating, right? Bukhari, as opposed to Malik, Malik considers somebody whose aqidah is wrong, you don't narrate from them. But he had a much stricter, uh, much stricter uh, uh, standard then than the other muhaddithin did. Bukhari said that that part is not the part that disqualifies you from being a, a valid narrator. What disqualifies you is do you believe that lying is an act of piety, lying about deen is a, an act of piety or not? And if you do, you know, a person really shouldn't even learn Allahu ahad from them. And interestingly enough, ironically enough, like the Akhbari cult, which was by and large eradicated from the uh, Persian-speaking lands uh, uh, during the Safawi time, uh, because of the inability to like, like make any reason of them, but they still somehow or another seems to have uh, uh, survived in the uh, Indian subcontinent, uh, which is why you have such extreme weirdos that come out of, uh, come out of those places. That they, there are amongst them those people who literally their fatwa is what? Their fatwa was that you have to pray. You have to pray only with... Every raka'ah has to be... Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alameen, Qulhu Allahu Ahad. Why? Because the companions basically messed up all the rest of the Qur'an. Which is that if you're yourself a liar, then what happens, right? You project that on, on the world around you. Uh, and this is what you end up with. Uh, and uh, uh, this is what you end up with. Uh, and it, none of it makes any sense from any side uh, whatsoever. And there's a kind of a light uh, milan toward this. There's a type of a light uh, 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 and soft... Uh, uh, um, Sympathy for this type of reasoning that you'll find even in people who don't have such an extreme position of, of that group. Uh, and if you read their primary sources in any depth, uh, you'll see that, that they actually have suspicions about every ayah in the Quran being changed this way or the other to comical, to comical uh, levels. If I mention some of them, you guys would laugh. But don't believe me. Uh, don't take my word for it. Go, uh, go take a look at the books yourself. Go look at the Tafsir al-Mizan of Taba Taba'i. If there's not kufr uh, filled in every jild of that book, uh, then uh, my name isn't Hamza Makbul Chaudhary. Uh, <laughs> who knows? Maybe it isn't. I don't know. You, you, you guys decide for yourself. Uh, um, so that's, 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 uh, that's how society works and is Islam you know do people seem to be enjoying Islam uh, in those lands it doesn't seem like it it seems like people are more or less sick of it and it's very funny I've met people who have traveled to like Iran for that matter right and they say if you tell people like ask people like who are demonstrating as hijab and demonstrating as you know like I don't want this and I don't want to party and I want to drink and I want this that and the other if you ask them do you hate Islam they won't most of them don't say yes they won't say, I hate Allah, I hate the Qur'an, I hate the Prophet But what is it? It's the entire bureaucracy of lying. That's, that's what they hate. Um, and there are some weird and bizarre lurid details that have been well documented about how this current government works with that as well. This is not the time or place for it. Uh, but uh, we can, you know, you, know you, can, you can look into it yourself. But lying is not, a, it's not it doesn't work. The Prophet ﷺ said what? He said what? إِنَّ الصِّدْقَ يَهْدِي إِلَى الْبِرِّ 
وإن البر يهدي إلى الجنة وإن الرجل لا يصدق حتى يكتب عند الله صديقا right that that person will keep being true until he's written with Allah Taala as being صديق true faced one a person of true faith of course you can believe that or you can say you know Ibn Mas'ud you know he betrayed the Prophet ﷺ and lied and said that uh, Abu Bakr should be Khalifa instead of Ali or whatever, so we don't narrate for... So that's a, another, I guess, alternate uh, theory that a person can roll with if they if they really want to. Um, but ironically, ironically, uh, uh, the person who belies the one telling the truth for saying you should tell the truth by accepting the liar uh, who says you should lie as being the one who tells the truth if, you know, there are some people who I guess, uh, you know, they, the 5G is giving them corona and the vaccine has made them gay. So, uh, uh, you know, that mindset I can't do anything about. You can talk to, uh, talk to you know, employees of the Khalil Center about that, inshallah. It says, <laughs> That lying will push a person toward fujur. What is fujur? Fujur is ila fasad. Uh, it's that a person should be uh, crooked, bent toward what? Toward mischief. Why? Because you get away with stuff by lying about it. You have an unfair advantage over people by lying when they assume that you're telling the truth. If everyone assumed everyone was lying, there'd be no need for language anymore, would there? So the fact that you're talking to someone means that there is some sort of underlying assumption that like people are going to tell the truth. So it's an unfair advantage. It just ruins everything. Uh, um, and it pushes society. I mean, a person, it's not, shouldn't be difficult for a person to understand why society is better for, for, for having speech, for people being able to talk to one another. That uh, lying pulls a person toward fujur. And fujur pulls a person toward the hellfire. And a person will keep lying, will keep lying, keep lying until what that person is. Uh, 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 with Allah Ta'ala considered to be a kathab, an inert liar, a person who everything they says is just a lie. Uh, and it's a hadith narrated by both Bukhari and Muslim. On Abdullah ibn Amr ibn al Asi radiallahu ta'ala, on Huma, and the Nabiya sallallahu alayhi wa sallama kala, Arba'un, men kunna fihi kana munafikan khalisan, woman kanat fihi khaslatun min hunna. كانت فيه خصلة من النفاق حتى يدعها إذا إذا حدث كذب وإذا تمنا خان وإذا عهد غدر وإذا خاسم فجر أو إذا تمنا خان وإذا حدث كذب وإذا عهد غدر وإذا خاسم فجر متفق عليه وقد سبق بيانه مع حديث أبي هريرة رضي الله عنه بنحوه في باب الوفاء بالعهد Someone have a pencil or pen I can borrow some mistake in the front here. Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Amr ibn al-Asi radiallahu ta'ala anhu He uh, narrates that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa said that there are four qualities uh, If all four are found in a person, that person is a complete pure munafiq person has no faith whatsoever, he's just making a mockery of faith 
uh, uh, he said that for if they're in in that in that person, the person is a c- complete munafiq. Um, if the person uh, has one of these qualities, then that person has a quality of nifaq inside of them. If they're partial munafiq, they have a quality of nifaq inside of them until they abandon such a uh, uh, such an evil trait. And so uh, the first one is if the person is trusted with something. They betray the trust. They're treacherous and they betray the trust that they're uh, given. Uh, and if they speak, uh, what their speech is, is a lie. Uh, and if they uh, uh, promise you something, uh, they will not fulfill the promise. Uh, and if they uh, uh, have a, they get into uh, um, a, an argument with somebody, their argument exceeds uh, any reasonable boundary. And one of the interpretations of that is Fajarabil Ayman al Kadiba with Da'awil Batila that they'll start to swear oaths uh, uh, that are incorrect. And they will start to make accusations that are also likewise incorrect. Um, again, uh, you see the current uh, situation that uh, the Muslims are going through right now, in particular with the idea of this. Uh, media war, the whole Hasbara campaign that uh, uh, that the Israeli intelligence is running against, not just Palestine, against the entire Muslim world, because they decided, mashallah, uh, decades ago that somehow or another enemies, the Muslims are their enemies, um, and that, that they are going to have to weaken and take out Muslims wherever they are. This is one of the reasons that uh, uh, our own intelligence confirms the fact that they later on found out that Netanyahu was... Uh, after 9-11 knew that uh, Iraq had nothing to do with it and that they didn't have weapons of mass destruction, but they kept feeding us, uh, uh, you know, basically intelligence summaries and reports that they have hard evidence uh, uh, to the contrary. Why? Because any strong Muslim country in their presence, they felt would be their enemy. Now you see all of this kind of nonsense all this nonsense propaganda being put out where people just lie about stuff. There's the 40 beheaded babies. There's all these kind of weird AI images where uh, people's like hands are crooked and like, you know, their faces, if you zoom in, you see they're malformed and like all of this type of nonsense, just lying about all sorts of things. And the thing is, this is that, and I need us to understand this as Muslims. The antidote to lying is not more lying. The antidote to lying is what? The truth. It's Sidq. So anybody who's going to sit down and like uh, fabricate, and by and large, it, it's not happening all that much, but it does happen from time to time. Anyone who's going to sit and fabricate something to throw back at their enemies when their cause is just, they undermine the fact that their cause is just. And uh, this is one of the reasons I, I one of the reason I have so much respect for uh, our uh, uh, Dahistani uh, brothers who. Seem to have mopped the floor yesterday uh, in the UFC. Even though if you were to ask me what the fatwa in UFC is, haram to hit people in the face. Even Habib himself, people would, you know, you know, look, you know, say, praise him. And he says, I'm not a role model. The Prophet ﷺ is a role model. He would actually say you're not supposed to hit people in the face. I'm not a role model. The Prophet ﷺ is a role model. But they're in their work, whatever work they do, just like someone who like has a laundromat, washes clothes. This is these guys' work. They do it well. Whether it's good or bad, whether you want to do it, you don't, whatever you, know, whatever you have to say about it, shara'an or any other way, shape or form. That you see 
uh, mashallah, in their moment of glory, Islam Makachev, mashallah, he not, the guy he knocked out is a tough guy, man. He's like not a, a small dude. He's, some of these guys are scary fighters. He uh, uh, knocked the guy out cold in two minutes when they took his uh, uh, interview. And still, adrenaline is going through his veins. He's still out of breath. He's still sweating. And they announced him as the winner. It's the moment of like ultimate glory. After so much crap is talked about this fight and all, so much smack is talked about the fight, in that moment, what did he say? He, he said, Alhamdulillah, and he remembered the people of Palestine. Mm -hmm. Hamza. True to Hamza form. The man is a bit turbulent compared to his other Dagestani uh, uh, colleagues. He's the one who cusses a little bit more. He's the one who sometimes in his temper and his anger shows like a little bit less than the like gold standard that their Sheikh Habib, uh, mashallah, set for them. <laughs> right? Even he in an interview, in an interview, you know, even he in an interview, a woman is asking him, you know, like, oh, we saw a human side of you. Because he said something about Palestine. He's actually very powerful words. He said that I wasn't, you know, born to like fight an octagon in shorts. He goes, if I had a way of going and helping my brothers and sisters, well, I'd be there. And I don't care if I die, but I, I'm not afraid of dying, but I'm afraid for them. Afterward, a woman was interviewing him uh, and still like, you know, adrenaline, all of this stuff. And she's like, oh, you know, you showed your human side. You're just like this tough animal in the ring, you know. And none of these guys ever talk this, this talk, right? But like, uh, you know, all their, all their opponents, you know, I'm an animal beast, I'm going to rip you apart, I'm going to kill you, I'm going to make your kids into like, a, a, you know, into orphans, I'm going to this, I'm going to that. So you were an animal in a ring, you showed your human side, you know. And he's like, yeah, he goes, it's hard, you know, flipping through Instagrams and, and seeing like the bodies of children, of kids. He goes, it's hard. And she's like, yeah, but you know, coming back to the ring, you were a real beast, you were a real animal, you ripped them apart and this and that and the other thing. You know, like completely clueless and callous, like completely like no, no understanding what just happened and he tried answering your question and he's like you know what i you know it's i can't i can't talk i have to go why people will see that and who's gonna see that not people who are like mashallah uh your non-muslim person you know who like knows some arabic or who studied islam or who even cares about any of these things right but regular people mechanics and uh, you know like uh, 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 just regular, you know, uh, like plumbers and carpenters and, you know, just regular folks. And they're not going to know anything about the details about what happened. They're just going to know that these guys reached some pinnacle of fame and of uh, wealth and of popularity that makes a person what? It's like it's ghin and mutrin, right? The Prophet ﷺ described described a type of level of wealth a person gets to that it makes that person a complete like profligate you just, because you don't need to care about anybody anymore you flip the bird to everybody you've ever known and it's not going to harm you anymore so at that time a person only does what they really want to do they only say what they really want to say and so that person showed sidq in their entire journey to that point and in that moment they're like yeah it's not right kids are dying it cuts through so much, cuts through so much propaganda, cuts through so much propaganda. And a person's, you know, a person is what, who thinks that the antidote to, of lying is more lying. That person is as if they themselves, they have a weakness in the faith in what the message that the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa came with is. And like there are exceptions. Literally the next chapter in this, in this, uh, in this, this book is the exceptions to the rule. There's sometimes that are, it's allowed to lie. 
but they're very particular they're very particular exceptions the, the rule is what right you don't know anything about the rule by the exception you know the exception by knowing the rule but not the other way around the rule is what is that sidq is the default state of uh, of every believer that the prophet sallallahu himself he was al amin nobody could like say anything about that even his enemies when he went to one of the reasons he left sayyidina ali radiallahu ta'ala anhu behind when he went on the hijra was what was because even his enemies used to trust him with stuff because they can't trust their own relatives, they can't trust their own friends. So they so said, like, okay, you stay behind, give people their stuff back, and then you can come later. You can come afterward. Um, it really affects people, right? They see the Prophet ﷺ being mocked when they 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 asked, you know, he was asked the question about you know the questions about the, the who ruled the entire world and who this and who that and he said I don't know except for what's told to me, and they started mocking him and making fun of him the ashabul kaf and things like that, you know, and they mocked him to a point where people are like, wow man, if he was just lying all this time and making he would have made something up by now because this level of mockery is like really intolerable, but what is it? It's that the sidq is what will get you through at the end of the day. That, that, that fights, wars, battles, problems, issues, they don't last only one day or two days. There is a long term, there's a vision a person has to have for the future. Nothing can ever beat Siddha. Nothing can ever beat Siddha. And on the flip side, think of it, what does it mean about those people who everything is just a lie? Everything is just obscuring. There's like an unwillingness to come, come, come to terms with the truth. Then what do they do? They lay a trap for themselves as well. Because what happens, so many people, you know, you've seen them, they, 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 they start peddling the Kool-Aid so much, then they drink it themselves, and then they, they themselves like, start to forget what reality is. And that's why pride always goes before the fall. These people somehow or another think that like, you know, we've bought all of these uh, politicians, and we've bought all of these media people, and we've uh, you know, convinced all of them you know, that somehow or another we're perfect and we're invincible and no one can do or say anything to us. While they don't realize the entire world hates them now. The, literally the entire world hates them now. And it's going to eat them from every single side. And it's going to be a 100% catastrophe. There are people amongst them themselves who realize the catastrophe that's coming. But the, 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 you know, the main group back home has drank the Kool-Aid so badly that now they're intoxicated. They're not going to be sober again. Possibly they won't get sober again in time in order to save themselves. Uh, uh, but uh, that's, I mean, that's an issue. That's a problem. That's a really, it's a really big deal. It's a real problem. I don't think, you know, anyway, I don't want to talk about politics too much, but there are a lot of interesting individuals, politicians who have passed relatively recently who seem to have, from both sides of the aisle, mashallah, uh, who seem to have, <laughs> have, seem to have difficulty like seeing facts that are so clear in front of their own eyes and it's cost them and it's costing them right now. And it will cost us, forget about elections, who cares about elections, you know? Uh, think about on the Day of Judgment, a person is going to have to give a hisab on that day. It's not going to be a good day if you don't, if you don't, uh, if you don't keep your account straight. This is that if, if, he, if he's trusted with something, he betrays the trust. Uh, and if he speaks, it's a lie. And if he uh, makes a covenant, meaning he makes a promise to somebody, he breaks his promise, and when he uh, argues with somebody, his argument exceeds any sort of like reasonable bounds. When Sayyidina Abdullah ibn right, what exceeds any reasonable bounds. So that's it. You know, you threw a rock at me. I'm going to break your arm. <laughs> the guy who had that policy, they gave him a Nobel Prize, by the way. 
Nobel Peace Prize. If it was like in physics or chemistry, I'd understand, right? That we're going to eradicate them. They're animals. They're this. They're that. It's not, where, where, where's the reasonableness in any of that? Where's the reasonableness in any of that? It completely boggles the mind. 100% boggles the mind. Look, I'll be honest with you. But what the point of all of this is, is what? The point of all of this is, is what? Is that like, you can't, you can't be like, oh, look, because of this, let's kill women and children and let's do this and slaughter every last one of them and do this and do that and do the other thing. Rather, at the end of the day, you have to restrain yourself. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa and he, he, he didn't just talk the talk, he walked the walk, he showed the entire world as well. Wahshi. He was a slave. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa there were people of his class of society, his message is there to uplift them. He's the last person who should have beef with the Prophet He killed Sayyidina Hamza radiallahu ta'ala who is most beloved of his family. Right? Abu Talib, you know, he did a lot for him. He did, but he didn't believe in him at the end of the day, right? That's what family is like, right? So imagine that you have somebody actually, like, you actually believe. I don't, I'm trying to think right now. Did any of my uncles ever come to, even come to a bayan of mine, like once? <laughs> it might have happened. Allahu alam. Like, I don't know. You know what I mean? He actually believed in him. He actually took the field of battle and said, no, it's the haq, I stand with you. And that one, that's the one person he had, you know, and that's it. He And the Prophet ﷺ, when the person came and gave his shahada, he, he forgave him. And it was so hard for him, he forgave him though. So imagine that, imagine that. Netanyahu, mashallah. Not a popular guy amongst Muslim circles nowadays, to put it mildly. <laughs> right? Imagine all of these people. If one of them made sincere toba, what are we gonna do? Is we know flatten the ground? No, it's not what it's not. It's really not what we're here for. It's not what the Prophet came for. It's not what Allah Taala, you know, when he katab ala nafsihi rahma. That's not what Allah Taala is, you know, about. Ever. From before time existed, it's not what Allah Taala is about. Uh, but you know you can't you can't do that you can't do that if you see somebody who has no boundary whatsoever they're like never able to forgive anything they're never able to forget anything something's very wrong something very wrong has happened here uh, and it needs uh, it needs some sort of adjustment it needs some sort of adjustment and this is in no way shape or form intended to soften a person's resolve against an enemy who's actively uh, actively killing children right now this is a completely hypothetical it's a hypothetical situation but we should know we should have those in our heart as well. So on the day of judgment, the day that the hearts are examined uh, for what's inside of them, a person should be able to have an answer to Allah Ta'ala. Did you just fight because you hated somebody or did you just fight for vengeance or did you fight for my sake? A person should have an answer. You know, none of us are doing any of the above. We're sitting here keyboard warriors or whatever at maximum and most of us are too scared to do that also. Right? Did you just yak? Did you just speak because you wanted to be a big man or did you speak actually something for Allah Ta'ala's sake? Did you deploy your 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 ability to speak your tongue for what, for the for the sake of Allah Taala? Litakuna kalimatullahi hilaliya. Allah Taala give us tawfiq and save us from, from 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 fooling ourselves. When Abdullah ibn Abbas radiAllahu Taala anhuma, an Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam qala man tahallama bi hulmin lam yarahu kullifa an yaqida bin shairatini, walan yafala, wman istama ila. حديث قوم وهم له كارهون الصب في أذنيه الآنكو يوم القيامة يوم القيامة ومن 
صور صورة عذب وكلفة أن ينفخ فيها الروح حتى الروح وليس بنافخ رأه البخاري سيدنا عبد الله بن عباس رضي الله تعالى عنهما narrates that the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم said whoever says and acts like they saw a dream that they actually didn't see they lie about it uh, that person uh, their punishment is going to be here you're in the hellfire burn and when they ask to get out they'll be thrown a, a barley a grain of barley to tie this into a knot once you can tie it into a knot you can get out and the person who eavesdrops onto uh, other people's uh, uh, private conversations uh, and they have a feeling that they would not be happy with them listening in that person on the day of uh, judgment molten lead will be poured into their ears uh, and the person who makes images uh, meaning what the fuqaha then have a discussion with one another about what do they mean the Hanafis have a more stringent position this includes everything that uh, would be from animate life whether it's a two-dimensional or three-dimensional picture the Malikis have a more lenient position that it has to do only with three-dimensional objects like statues and things like that uh, and there are ex exceptions to that but that's the subject of a fit class it's not a, it's not you know what we're talking the idea is that the making of images is a bad thing in Islam and what the specifics about it are then you learn them from the fuqaha is that the person who makes an image uh, a graven image that person will be tortured uh, and tormented and be told breathe a spirit into this uh, image and they're not going to be able to breathe a spirit into that image uh, and so the the mashaykh say that the munasaba between munasaba between the the first and the third uh, which is to fake about having seen a dream uh, it has to do with the hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam that uh, uh, um, all of the nubuwa, all of prophethood, uh, all of it ends with the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. The door door for for all of it is closed except for one, which is the true dream uh, uh, that is seen by a righteous man, which is one forty sixth part of of nubuwa. Uh, interestingly enough, Sheikh Amin mentioned, although uh, you know it's mentioned by the Mashaikh, but narrated at any rate from the Mashaikh that that the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam in the beginning of Bukhari, right? That for six months he used to go up into the into the Ghar Hira and meditate, and he would see dreams and visions uh, for six months. He says that this, you know, this Hadith of the Prophet sallallahu is one of his miracles as well. He didn't know how long he's going to live, but he did that for six months, and his nubuwa was for twenty-three years. So it's 146th of Nubuah. So it, it works out that way as well. But the idea is this, is that we have this idea amongst us that a person can see a true dream. And that there's something in it. There's some aid and help from the, uh, from, from, from the other side for the Ummah of the Prophet wasallam through this. And so what happens is simple and humble and gullible people, when they hear someone saw a dream, they believe them because they themselves wouldn't lie. So they don't imagine that another person would be lying about something like this. And so to actually lie about something like this, is, it's really bad because you're using somebody's iman in order to make a fool out of them. You know, it would be one thing if you're like, hey, you know, like I have this tip that Bitcoin is going to make a lot of money this year. You know, <laughs> you lied about Bitcoin. When you lie about a dream, you're lying about Allah. Uh, and that's something that, you know, the person who listens to you could end up in Jahannam because of it. 
and uh, uh, the, 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 you know, the thing you're messing with is not something that you can handle. The worst case scenario, you lied about Bitcoin or whatever, then uh, you know, Sam Bankman-Fried afterward can actually at least go ask people for forgiveness or you know, pay them something back or whatever, right? This is something you're not going to, you know, you possibly could not make amends for it, neither in this world nor in the hereafter. Because material rights, at the end of the day, they get fulfilled somehow or another. Whereas a person's iman, nuqsan in it, there's no way you can ever pay it back. Uh, this is one of the reasons Malik, rahimahullah ta'ala, one of his opinions about why the person who's in the, you know, kills another person, it's written with such emphasis that the person will go to Jahannam for such a long time. As if as if the person won't be forgiven by it. It's because most people, when they kill one another, they themselves are not killing like the most righteous of people who are going straight to Jannah. They themselves have issues that they're going to have to deal with. Uh, and so they're not going to be inclined to forgive another person because of that. Uh, and so a person should be very careful, very wary of wary of all of all of these things. As a person who eavesdrops, they'll have molten lead poured into their ears. Uh, and the person who m- makes a graven image. Why? Because graven images are the the asl of, of 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 idolatry. That the person who and their mockery of the creative prerogative of the Lord. That a person who makes graven images, uh, that person will be asked when they ask, "How do we get out?" So put a put a blow a spirit into this thing you made, and once you do, then you can get out. It's a, meaning you're not getting out for a very long time. Um, and uh, uh, that's the munasabah between the first and the third thing. Inshallah, we'll read one more hadith. Inshallah, when Abdullah ibn Umar radiyallahu taala anhum, قال قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم أفر الفرية يري الرجل عينه مالم ترياه رواه البخاري ومعناه يقول رأيت في مالم يره. سيدنا عبد الله بن عمر رضي الله تعالى عنه narrates that the Prophet narrates that the Prophet said that the 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 lie in which there's the most lie, the the worst of lies, the most deceptive of lies is that a, a, a man should say or should the literal wording is that the man should make his eyes see the thing that he didn't see, but basically that a man should say that he saw something that he actually didn't see himself. That he actually didn't see himself. Um, and so this can this includes again both dreams and it obviously it includes reality too. And this is one of the, the things that Ibn Alan mentions about the, the, the previous hadith um, with regards to the dream, that saying faking a dream is one thing. It's even worse than to lie about like like a testimony in court or whatever. Because those are then things that, that impinge on the Lord's right and they also impinge on the rights of uh, uh, of others, the material rights of others. Here it's a more general it's a more general uh, um, admonition that for a person to say that I saw this when they didn't really see it. One thing is hearsay. I say, I heard this, but to say I saw it, but you didn't really see it. It's actually one of the really cool things about like Turkic languages. Anyone, anyone here speak any Turkic language? So they're, they're one of the really complex, very difficult things for people who are non-Turkic speakers to learn is there's a different form when narrating something that someone said that you heard yourself and there's a different verbal form for when you narrate from someone who's a relatively trustworthy source but it's a different form than when you heard it yourself and there's a different form for a source that you have some doubt about there are actually three different verbal forms 
um, um, so in the form itself, it's the same thing. You're saying essentially the same thing that's, that's, that so-and-so said so-and-so. But one is the form, uh, uh, one is the form, the simple form means that you actually heard it yourself. And then there's another, the ikan form is that you, you heard it from uh, a reliable source. And the image form is like, maybe, it, maybe he said that, maybe he didn't, I don't know. Uh, um, and so it's it's interesting, you know, like, and the Turks, mashallah, seem to have gotten along with Islam really well uh, throughout the ages, and they still do uh, to this day. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, strengthen them and increase their numbers, increase their hordes. Uh, we could use them. We could use them now. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give all of us tawfiq. Wa sallallahu ta'ala ala rasulihi Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Are there any questions?